Hi, this is Donna Otto. We are modern homemakers, and our goal in life is to encourage you. We don't know exactly where you need encouraging, but we have come to understand over a long period of time that women generally need encouraging in who they are as a woman, especially a woman of faith, a wife, most of us are or have been, a mother, most of us are or have been, and a homemaker. Um, said many times on this show that my grandmother, who started out as an orphan, and so she was placed in a home to be a servant, and she served a big family until she was 16, and then she left their home, and she married my grandfather when she was 18, and then had a home of her own, and a family of her own. But she would talk often about the fact that what she did growing up was different than what she wanted to do when she became a parent. Um, so we talked about the shelter in the time of storm. And a few days ago, I talked about faith over politics. What is faith over politics? It's, it's an opportunity to understand the heart and head of who we are and why we make the choices we make. And then I recently spoke to you about the home being a shelter in the time of storm. And I failed to mention to you on that show that you can go online and get a list that's a first aid kit. I would really recommend you do that. I think sometimes we think, oh, we have everything we need. But there is a, an official first aid kit, your local poison control or your statewide poison agency will have that list. And you should be sure you have those things. I remember not having a tweezer in my kit. Now, I had a tweezer for my eyebrows, but a tweezer to get out the stickers from the cacti after we moved here from the Midwest. There were no cacti in the Midwest. In, in Arizona, there are lots of them. So today I want to talk to you about the family is the center and heart of education. Okay, now, first let me set this up. I'm not talking about whether you homeschool, private school, charter school, public school, that's an entirely different subject, and we have talked about that through the years at Modern Homemakers. But today I want to talk about education with a different definition of it. A different definition of it. In most of our lives, there are controls. You know, if I speed, I get a ticket. If I don't pay my phone bill, I lose my phone service. If I have a heart attack, I can't have salt anymore. Now, I say that one because one of my dearest friends... He has had some heart issues, and he cannot have any salt. And I recently made a big pot of soup for them, and I had to make it with no salt because he can't have salt. He can't have salt. And I tasted it, and I went, I, I just thought it tasted terrible. And yet, he knows with his heart that he has to control his food, his salt, and his exercise. So he does. And a family is an educational control. A family has a strong responsibility for the education of its children, who are the next generation, who are going to influence their peers and their own generation and the generations that will follow. The psalmist said, we share our lives, the faith of what we have learned and trusted in God, we share with the next generation. It just shows who God is and what God has done. So our sense of raising and training a child and the proverb that calls us to train up a child in the way he should go, in the way he should go, 
And we acknowledge that this is an educational verse. This is not using isolated terms and simply training a child in the areas of the way he should go. I believe the entire person, intellectually, spiritually, culturally, emotionally, creatively, relationally, historically, broadly, broadly. We are most like our true self. Absolutely. The most true I ever was, was when I came out of the womb, because no one had influenced me yet. No one. No doctor had touched me. No mother had touched me. Nobody had told me I should sleep in the dark or should not cry. Or I, I was totally whoever I was. And, and then our life begins to be guided and trained. And in terms of forming us, training us, it happens in our home. And I think we need to be intentional about it. Let, let's not let just let it happen. Now, some of you are saying, are you kidding me? I have three kids at home now, homeschooling. I'm working from home. My husband's working at home. It's hardly a good time to talk about the heart and center of education, but it is the perfect time because all of those practical things that they're having to do are far less important than how you're helping them understand this season of pandemic, that we don't have a choice in this and that this is part of God's ultimate plan. And so we educate with perspective. We educate with perspective. We have options. We can give our children our frame of reference or allow them to watch television all the time and let that television give them their, their frame of ref reference. So I want to discuss just a few things about real education versus education. School is not the place our children gain education. Now, you'll be shocked, I know. You're saying, but isn't that why I send them there? No, it's really not why you send them there. If anything, we should be concerned about how schools educate our children and stay abreast, stay informed, stay involved. I was my daughter's homeroom mother for most of her life, and she was glad for me to do it. She often would say, Mom, I'm always glad you're here because I know you're going to help us. I know you're going to do this, and you bring the best treats and that kind of thing. We were committed to knowing what was going on in each of her environments. In those days, room mothers were not only welcome, they were encouraged. The Bible does not speak of education, but it speaks of teaching. And the Deuteronomy passage, which we have met many times here, that we are to be doing this and training our children in the way they should go when we lie down, when we rise up, when we walk, when we talk, it's on our hands, it's on the front of our door, it's on the front of our head. So how we're living our life is a part of their training and education. Teaching is not just imparting information, but it's teaching children how to learn, teaching children to learn, teaching children to want to know things, how to ask questions. And parents should be as prepared as possible. And I'm not talking about education and levels of education. Can a high school grad train their child <laughs> as well as someone who has a PhD? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because the training of a child comes from the heart of helping that child understand what is valuable, what is important. I think the greatest gift that David and I gave to Anissa, which was very intentional, was to be curious about life. She asked more questions than the law allows. And I remember David saying one night at the dinner table, Oh, I have two women who cannot stop asking questions. 
<laughs> and it was true because we were both curious people. But David and I encouraged Anissa to be curious. There was no question she couldn't ask. No question we wouldn't answer. Nothing we'd say to her, oh, you don't need to know about that. We talked to her as she grew up with as much information as we thought she could handle at that era in life. I can't help but think about this one because she was in high school and they were doing a sex education class and in those days, parents were permitted, I don't know if it's true now, to see what the curriculum was, and then their student could or could not join the class. But it was a parental choice, okay? So we looked at the curriculum, and we said yes, and she took the class. And then she came home one night during this course. I don't remember how long she was in it, maybe halfway through. And she said, i just tell you one thing. I found out what men and women do, and I never want to do that. And her dad said to her, I love that. You should never want to do that till you walk down the aisle. She looked at him like, what does that mean? She didn't understand that. But I, I still chill bumps about it because I thought she wasn't afraid to talk to us. I define education as learning, not, not getting information, but learning. And learning goes on everywhere if we're curious, if we want to know things about every area of life, if we're curious about life, about everything in life. And it's a responsibility of the family, not the church, not the school, not the government. And we see more and more that families are pressing into what the government should provide for them, pressing into what the church should be providing for spiritual education. This is not a message of homeschool or public school or private. I've already said that. But education is giving your children tools that work. How to think, how to speak, how to read, how to listen, how to question, how to communicate. If, if I were to give you six individual words, they would be those words. Thinking, speaking, reading, listening, questioning, and communicating. How many times have you met someone who you ask a question, they, they can't give you an answer, they don't know how to communicate it. Help them with the disciplines that are necessary to concentrate, to give a clear and complete answer to the question that somebody has just asked them. Teaching a child about God's word will enable that child to stand firm when the storms come. Again, we just had one child and we had two nephews and a niece who lived with us for a while who are treasures to us to this day. And the teaching of God's word was watching them understand about how to take a position when offered the first cigarette, how to take a position when the girls were being mean. The girls were being mean. That was long before mean girls was even a topic on TV and movies. They were being mean. So what do you do when someone is mean to you? What does the scripture say Jesus did when someone was mean to him? If you send your children to Christian school, then ask them about the lessons. Ask them what they're learning. Ask them what the teachers are teaching. <laughs> when Anissa was a very little girl, she was going to Sunday school class, and she came out and after class when we got in the car, and Dad or I said, well, what did you learn today? And she said, oh, I learned about King Obakeba. <laughs> and we just laughed out loud because there was a language, like Pig Latin, it was called Abby Dubby Talk. Maybe you've never heard of that. But it was, you put a, a ba, B-A, so if you had an O, it would be Oba. If you had a K, it would be Kaba, okay, Oba Kaba, Oba Keba. And so she, she thought that was the king's name. It was Obadiah, not 
King Obakeba. But there she was. And we laughed and laughed. We still laugh about that. But ask your children. My own experience in Christian environment not only did not speak anything of history or poetry or art, it didn't say that someone who wasn't a Christian could still speak truth into our lives. And I felt like this was not a fair and broad education. Know what your children are getting away from home and then compensate. Know what they're getting in church, know what they're getting in school, and then uh, foster that, encourage that, or correct that. If they attend a Christian school and they get less art history, give them some. If they attend a school where there's less discipline, show them what discipline really looks like, creativity. Teach them social graces, where to stand, when to sit, how to talk to adults, senior adults, how to shake someone's hand, how to ask someone a question, what to do when you're playing games and you're losing and winning. Huh? Do kids know what to do when they lose? Do they storm out? Do they braggadociously say winner, winner, chicken dinner? These are things that we learn at home. Small things like sewing on a button and doing housework and mowing and car repair and washing the car. My grandson came and helped me last weekend. And he said, Nana, should we wash the car? And I laughed. He's 16 now. He's about to drive the car. But he, when he was little, he loved washing the car with Nana. Why? Because we played the water and the hose. He still remembered it. And he washed the car better than I did. These things are foster a future that gives them security. Uh, we live in a very technological world, and we don't have to be—we don't have to ask anybody the question. Um, a friend of mine recently described a habit they had in their family, and I said, "Well, why did you stop that?" And he said, "Well, because of Siri. Now we don't have to ask that question. We don't have to get that book out. We don't have to define the dictionary. We just say, "Hey Siri, what does it mean?'" Well, it's true. We have YouTube and Siri and Google and computers and um, anything you want. I'm in my study in studio right now, and my phone is nearby, and I called Siri's name, and she said, what can I do for you? <laughs> Be a facilitator um, to your children. Offer them subjects that they may talk about in school and may not talk about in school. Visit your museums and libraries. Use the television to see the world. You may not travel the world, but National Geographic will help you see the world from your screen. Try everything or anything. Give your help. Give as much wisdom. Ask as many questions. Teach your children to understand that the true educational center is within them. Three things to do. Be available. Be informed. And be a facilitator. To offer to your children the heart and center of education in your home. Remember the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon day of educating the heart of your children. Mm -hmm.